Well, amen. It's almost like I want you to stand the whole service now. But I'm not. You can be seated. Thank you. Well, your Bible's open again to uh, Allison. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, thank you, Bonnie, for singing that. Thank you, choir. Uh, I don't know if they told you this, but <clears throat> I sing that all the time, or I listen to it. As a matter of fact, this morning, I didn't realize... I proved this. I didn't even realize y'all were singing it. But um, I listen to that song all the time. I listened to it several times this morning. Um, a certain lady sings it, and uh, thank you, Jesus. Think of the just the first words, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Isn't that great? And uh, Bonnie happened to look my way, and I was over there crying like a little baby. Sorry about that, Bonnie. But uh, anyway, it's, it's a great song. Uh, I think the name of the song is Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood Applied. It's the name. If you want to look it up, it's just an incredible song. I, all the words are just absolutely profound. Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, we've been here before, but we're going to be here again. I just wanted to take just a few minutes. And since we're talking, our Gideon missionary Bill has come and shared with us about the work of the Gideons and Bill, I want you to know that the value of Gideons, our, our crowd this morning is no reflection on how important the Gideon work is. I want you to know that. And we do have some folks that are sick, and, and obviously the preacher gets embarrassed sometimes when a bunch of folks aren't here. But, but uh, we're, those of us that are here are going to give and give sacrificially, and, and we'll probably offer another week or so before so other folks can give as well. We love the Gideons. And I was telling our crowd Wednesday night in Bible study, uh, and I'm not saying we're always at the top, but at one time we were up at the we were one of the top two or three that gave to the Gideons, and, and I'm proud of that, and I'm grateful for your sacrificial offering. Uh, and what they ask for is over and above. If you listen to a lot of parachurch ministries, they don't care how you give it to them. If you rob it from your own church, that's fine with them, which then makes it unbiblical. Uh, but uh, I'm grateful that they want you to give to your church first and then give to the Gideons above that. And uh, I pray that you will do what you can. It's amazing that $5, I think about going to eat at McDonald's or whatever. You can go fast food, Jack's. I go to Jack's more than McDonald's. But you can go in there and I can spend $12 for a fast food meal. Uh, that's, of course, not for me. It's for Diane. <laughs> Mine's 5 but, but anyway, anyway, so, would so you think about that? And that, you know, I think about grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And Jesus said, not one oda, one not tittle is going to pass from my word. So it's eternal. And, and to think that giving a little bit of money will buy a Bible is absolutely incredible. And let me encourage you, many of you may not be prepared or can give today, but one day you can uh, we have several of these inserts that are back in the... Pu we have a, a rack, a, a resource racks, two of them. And there are several hundred back there. And, and is that the one they do where they can do it in honor of somebody? Those are the cards. I thought you had a rack. Okay. Like the green right. But now I have another one right beside that that has these inserts in it. Okay. Is that the one that does the dedicate? Which one does where they do it in honor of somebody? Huh? The cards, okay. Well, I just say this to say that, that there have been a dozen times since I've been here, I've gotten a card saying that somebody bought 
a bunch of Bibles in, 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 I guess, in honor of me. I guess they're hoping it's in memory of me, but, they're, but anyway, so, so you can do that as well. Uh, what, a, what a great gift. How many Ephesians chapter 3, and in your bulletin, I think I even titled my sermon something like Gospel Servants. And I had Robbie read Romans 1 because in Romans 1, you have the use of the word gospel. Uh, th- matter of fact, it's three times in Romans 1. And uh, I think all throughout the whole New Testament, they're not, it's not used but about 77 times. But you have the concentration of the gospel in Romans chapter 1, and you're going to find it again here in Ephesians chapter 3. So Paul says, this is God's Word. He says, for this reason, and you say, for what reason, right? For this reason, or therefore, some translations are therefore. Well, you have to roll back up to verse 20, 21 and 22, and I just want to go back and read that. So he's saying, for this reason, for what reason? Well, we're saints, we're citizens of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus Himself, the cornerstone, in whom, in Christ, in whom the whole structure, and there's two profound phrases, being joined together, in whom the whole structure being joined together, that's in Christ, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So when all of us are connected to Christ, there's growth in the body. And then he says, in Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's personal. You're a dwelling place. You become a temple of the Holy Spirit and for the presence of God to dwell. The church does too. Being joined together grows being built together as a dwelling place. And then he says, For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, that was our topic last week, that you've heard of the stewardship, the house management of God's grace that was given to me for you. How? The mystery was made known to me by revelation that reminds us we're dispensationalists and this tells us that means epics of time. God deals with periods of time. He deals with sinners and saved people in different ways. So he says that how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. He's reminding them that he has apostolic authority and literally he's writing God's Word. Which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Um, We studied a few weeks ago and have done it a little bit on Wednesday nights, the inspiration of the Scriptures and, and Paul's telling them that that the Spirit of God has instructed him what to write. So again, these words that we're reading are God-breathed. That's what that word idea that God-breathed, when the word is inspired, it's 
really talking about exhale. God speaks His Word. They wrote His words exactly like He wanted them to. So He says, this mystery, so what's this thing that's now, this revelation that Paul got? Okay? So we're not under the law. That was the Old Testament. Now we're under grace. So what is this grace that's been given, not only to Paul, but for everybody, every New Testament believer? He says, this mystery is that the Gentiles, now look what he says, are fellow, fellow heirs. Okay? Now again, for, and again, he's writing to Gentiles, Ephesus and Asia, I mean, it's Gentile territory. So uh, he says, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body. Okay? So we inherit the same. We're members of the same body, which would be the church, members of the body, okay? There's a church membership, okay? Uh, all throughout the New Testament, people argue, I was read an article about why uh, this new generation uh, of young adults don't want to join a church. And they, they, say no, they say there's no need in church membership. Is that true? Is church membership, is there no need for it? I'm asking you. The Bible's clear. In, in the book of Acts, Corinthians, I mean, you keep up with people, you're members of a group of people, they keep up with there's your membership. And of course, you're part of, you're part of a local church, a Baptist church, when you're immersed. But anyway, same body. So he says, fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers. Uh, just that, all these words, every three, all three words, if you're looking in the original language, have that prefix soon, S-U-N. You don't care about that. But it always means uh, together with. So together, together, together. So your heirs together, members together, and partakers together. And really it's the word partner. Uh, first time it was used in the Gospel of John, the word here translated uh, partakers, was when... Uh, miracle of the fish in early the gospel and, and uh, Peter called for his, his other workers uh, his co-workers in the other boat to come help him it's that word so translated here partakers could be joint partner we're partners of the promise in Christ Jesus through what? the gospel so in the age of grace Jews were saved by the preaching of the gospel or the hearing of the gospel and Gentiles are saved by the same means, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, if I were to pass out three by five index cards and ask you to write down a definition of the gospel, uh, it might be a little surprising what some might believe that the gospel is. Um, folks, the gospel is not that you can have your best life now. That's not the gospel. The gospel's not your testimony. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, came and died in your place. That's the good news. The word gospel, um, and he says it again. Look at verse 10. He says, of this gospel. Good news. It's the word, it's the word that means, it's two words put together. It's the word you. It's in, in Greek, it's eu. And then it's the word angelos. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, angelion. Angel. So it's you on, if you pronounced it, if you listen to a pronunciation of the word, it's euangelion. 
but it means good message or good news. Okay? And so, because it has the word good, uh, good, you, and message, angel. An angel is a messenger. So it, it's good news. Uh, but we sometimes talk about that good news without talking about everything that's connected to the good news. Before there's good news, guess what comes first? Bad news. And the bad news is, is without Christ, we've already learned this from Ephesians 1. Ephesians 2 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So the bad news is, is you're, you're dead, you're blind, you're alienated from the commonwealth of God. And you're aliens to what God's doing. But God, who is rich in mercy. So when we talk about the good news, it always has to be uh, approached with reminding people of the bad news. But there's something else that's interesting that we don't talk about a lot. I'm going to give you a definition of the gospel in just a minute. But when you read about the, the gospel, like when you study the Bible and say, okay, this word, big word, two words put together... How many times and where does it appear? Well, the first person to use it was John the Baptist. He preached the good news of the kingdom of God. And then Jesus preached the gospel. Almost all the gospels, three of the gospels, tell us that Jesus preached the gospel. But before they preached the gospel, or as part of the gospel, they had an impair- so they were announcing the good news. Here's the gospel. Here's the good news. But along with that, they had a command or an imperative that, uh, that was attached to the gospel. And it, it, it was a prefix of the gospel. So they said, you must do this and then accept the gospel as truth. You do this and accept. Okay, we've got a message there for everybody. Okay. Sorry, hey, that's happened to all of us. I'll never forget years ago we had a special speaker in and Dr. Bray from uh, Beeson Divinity School and uh, Dr. Gray was teaching. I, 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 Walter, you remember this. And, and he was teaching, I think it was on a Sunday night, it was on the floor and he was teaching and somebody's phone kept going off and it went off three times in a row. No, it was Sunday morning because we went to lunch with him. It was my son. And he was, Dr. Bray was just bent out of shape about it. Then we go to lunch and I have to tell him, we're sitting at lunch. I said, it was John. Anyway, it's embarrassing. It happens to all of us. But anyway, so we think about, so what is this imperative that Jesus, John the Baptist used and Jesus used? Repent. Repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom. You know, we can, when we think about repentance, you know, it's not, it's not changing your ways. It's more than that. The, the idea of repentance, and it's the word repent means to turn. It does. But it's much more than that when you're studying the, the idea of repentance. And this is essential for salvation. This is part of the gospel message that for many, many people they leave out. Repentance is, a, is understanding how much you violated God's righteousness. And it's, it's almost a loathing of yourself in willing to abandon who you really are 
and trust Christ to be your Lord. So it's like this self-abandonment or this, you, 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 you want to die to yourself. You just, you loathe who you are as far as a sinner. And, you, and, you, and you're turning from that and reaching to Christ to change you. And that's part of this process. So, the Bible, so we never can forget that, that part of being saved, part of repentance, part of the gospel is repentance and then faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I wrote down as the gospel. Um, it says, the good news or the good tidings, it's often translated that. Matter of fact, when Mary got the message about carrying the Christ child, the root word for good news was she had good tidings. It was, part of, it was good news that she heard about being the mother of, of Christ. It says the good news are good tidings of God's kingdom and salvation through repentance and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting His substitute in both His life and death, trusting His resurrection and ascension, and His reigning with power. That's what we do when we believe. But that's the gospel. That is the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just for a second, go back and go back to Romans chapter 1, and let me, let me show you this real quickly, what, what the apostle does here in Romans chapter 1. Uh, and I believe it's three times, and, and not, I don't think we cover all the verses, but go back with me. I'm in, I'm in Romans 1. And again, I want to look at, uh, beginning at verse 1, some of what Robbie read. Uh, now listen to how he's describing those of us that are saved, okay? He says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart, marked off. Think about that, you're set apart. Marked off, separated. There's again a new set of boundaries for you. All these words. Uh, God sets a new limit for you. You're set apart. So, Paul to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David. Now, that's, you know, he's our substitute. He physically came lived a perfect life, and we inherit that perfection when we believe in Him. Descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead. That's why I include that in my definition of the gospel. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And he says to all those who are in Rome, who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul says, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. Now folks, I want you to think about this. And I'm not, I'm the pastor, okay? So this is... I'm not, I'm not attacking you, I'm attacking myself. I've been thinking about this all weekend. And I was going to talk about that this morning, but we've rescheduled the, the trunk or treat. If we really, and, and I'm not being ugly, this is me. I'm the leader, okay? So I want you to know, I'm not attacking you, I'm attacking myself. And it's been bothering me all weekend, because we don't, I haven't talked about it till today. So, if we really believed in the power of the gospel, and I'm not saying that you're an unbeliever, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying you're hostile to the gospel, 
And I'm not hostile to the gospel. But when we say we believe in the power of the gospel, if we really did, and if we really do, we will manifest that in our lives. Let me give you an example. I said a little bit about this Wednesday night. But if we believed in the power of the gospel, and we're going to have, and I'm not being ugly, I, I'm, it's me, okay? It's not you. Then when we're going to do something, like a fall festival or a trunk or treat, how in the world can we do that and not share the gospel? It's me. I should say, we're not going to do it unless we have a gospel sharing trunk or treat or, or a game or we're going to pass out tracts. Because how, how is anybody going to be saved? Are they going to get saved because we give them a bag of candy? Are they? No. Are they going to get saved because we're nice to them and give them a free hot dog? Are they? No. Now folks, this is me. This, this is my fault. Because I kept you thinking about the power of God for salvation comes only through the gospel. And then we dare do something where other people might walk around and we're not going to be a gospel-centered church. Listen, niceties. And we ought to be nice people. But niceties and being cordial and hospitable are a pathetic replacement for being gospel-centered. It's a ploy of the devil. Because you and I both know we'll feel good about ourselves. But nobody's heard the gospel. Shame on me. Shame on me. Because st- there's no other way to be saved. If they don't hear the gospel, by the way... It was called the gospel of God. You hear that several times in the, in the epistles, the gospel of God, because God designed it. And of course He would, the Father did. He, fought, he planned to send His Son. So if we actually believe that, you know, Acts 4, there's only one name under heaven, Acts 4, 12, there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If folks don't hear about Christ, if they don't hear about sin and judgment and Christ's substitute, they can't get saved. And, and by the way, if you're reading this, who's, who's the protector of the gospel? Who, who's it supposed to? It's not just the Gideons. Matter of fact, they're not the first group. Jesus didn't design the Gideons, even though it's a biblical ministry. Who did He design? Church. And so it's me. I'm supposed to be the leader. It just it bothered me. And so it, do we really believe in the gospel of Christ? I'm, I'm over time. I'm sorry about that. Let's finish reading the text. Go back to Ephesians 3. I chased that rabbit, didn't I? It says, of this, of this gospel, verse 7. Of this gospel. Now, quickly... In the gospel, we know that Jesus conquered... You can remember this. They're CDs. He conquered death. Conquered death. He canceled our sin debt. And He confirms our destiny. Let me say that again. In the gospel, when we share the gospel, or we can share the gospel while we should, number one, He conquers death. 
the grave is empty. I've seen it. It's still empty. He conquers death. He cancels our sin debt. So we tell people about Him being victorious over death. He can't, our, our sins were... He, people that are saved, they're saved because Christ paid the penalty for their sin. So He cancels our sin debt. And then He confirms our destiny. He tells us where we're going to end up. We're going to end up with Him in a place called glory or heaven. Of this gospel, I was made a minister. That's the word servant. It's not preacher. Even though often you see the word uh, proclaim or preacher, it doesn't necessarily mean a pulpiteer. It's, it's a caruso. The, word means a t- the original word was a town crier, somebody that had something great to say to tell the community. They didn't have the post office. They didn't have internet. They didn't have Facebook. So what they did is they had a town crier come to the town square and he would cry out this new message. Good news. Uh, you're, we're going to get some... We're going to get something next week. or whatever. So, he, so it was called a town crier. So that's the word, what it really meant. So, so we, we, we proclaim. And what are we proclaiming? Good news. The dead can live. The blind can see. Spiritually can see. Because Christ came into the world. So we finish. He says, according to the gift of God's grace, of this gospel I was made a minister, servant. All, we want to be servants of the gospel. According to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of His power. So he, Paul, he called me, gifted me, empowered me. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might, be now, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities. And really, that's, he's talking about wicked rulers. But it's the church. He says, you know, it says to the church. It says, so that the church, you know, so, so that through the church, not... So we are, we are the guardians of, of the truth. Um, servants of the gospel. That's the same word for deacon. It just means a table waiter. The root word meant to be running, to get something done. And it really, the root word has you running to where you're running so much it kicks up dust behind you. It's interesting if you do that. So we, it means we're, we want to, we're active in sharing the gospel. We want to be servants, servants of the gospel. Well, so it's about conquering death, canceled sin, and confirming our destiny. That's part of the gospel. We want to be gospel people. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and our hearts are open unto the Lord this morning. And Folks, before our moments of invitation, I, I, I just want you to think about something. Heads about and eyes closed, and you know we're not walking, not talking. We're just thinking about the truth of the gospel. Have you repented of your sins? Repented of your sins of who you are, where you're headed, and come to Christ by faith and trusting Him for His victory over the grave, over death, for dying on a cross as a substitute for the wages of sin as death. And for securing your eternity, 
your destiny? Have you, have you repented and, and trusted Him as Lord and Savior? To do so, the Bible says, is that you're born again. You're made brand new. So have you responded to the good news? Are you a servant of the good news? Are you eager, busily around, thinking about the destiny of other people? Are you concerned about sharing the gospel? Are, are you the gospel person? Are you concerned about the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ? Either God meant it or He didn't. That it's only through the hearing of the gospel that people are saved. I believe He meant it. So unless they hear about Christ, they cannot be saved. So we better be people about the gospel. If you're here today and you're not saved, in a moment we're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. I'm certainly praying that if you're here without Christ, never saved, I'm I'm praying that the Spirit of God will bring you. You can come tell me that. Brother Bryce, I, I need to be saved this morning. You come and tell me that. Or maybe find me after church and tell me that, about you not being saved. And we'll share in the Bible how you today can be saved. Or maybe you're here today and there's another Christian decision that needs to be made. I'm going to be down front. And if the decision you need to make needs to be public, I'll be waiting on you. Father, thank you for moments like this. In Jesus' name, we stand and we sing. Only trust Him. We believe it. We want to stand and sing. Only trust Him. Only trust Him now. Why don't you come? Well, 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 Tyler. What a blessing. Thank y'all for coming. Do you want to introduce them? Sorry. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to tell them you're coming. Both have been saved. Both been immersed, right? So you're coming by letter from a sister church. Would that be a correct thing to say? We're excited. I know they're excited, but I'm excited. Okay. In just a minute, I'm going to get somebody to stand with you. And uh, we'll get a deacon. And that's, that's okay. We'll get a deacon. And then a deacon. And then a Sunday school teacher, which is technically me. So I'm just going to let them stand with you. I want you, my son. Okay, aren't you glad you're here? I'm just telling them how it's going to. They want to sing a song. They do. Uh, this, the young lady here, Melissa, is is Bishop's sister. So I'm going to get Bishop to introduce his brother-in-law and his, and his sister. Good. Um, they've been visiting for about a year now, and uh, they decided they want to join the church. That's awesome, isn't it? Give them a hand. That's awesome. Well, we're excited uh, to have uh, to have Hillary and and Tyler with us. What a blessing it is, Dale. We need a deacon to stand uh, with. Mike, right here. Brother Mike, where 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 is it? Okay. Oh my. Uh huh. Well, isn't that precious? Well, Tyler, Hillary, membership is important to me, and, and it is to our church, and I know it's important to you. And So they're coming, they want to join 
they're both saved, both immersed in a sister, coming from a sister church. I need to do this. So if, you, if you're happy about that and rejoice with it, say praise the Lord. So you want to go by and give them the right hand of fellowship and welcome them to our, our family of faith. And, and folks, this, we need folks like you, Hillary, and you, Tyler. We need thousands more like them. There are people all over this place to, that need to be in the, in the local church. Amen? And we need to do our part. And it's a blessing to have you, Bishop. It says a lot about you. you. You've said some nice things about us, I guess. And that's really nice. Rich, Christina, I know who's doing the talking, but that's, that's great. It's been a blessing. God's good, isn't He? Well, um, just remember the, the change about the, the event, and uh, we'll do something on the 13th. Somebody is... Oh, look at here. Look a here. Hey, they want you to hold them, not give them to them, right? I'm just, I, I'm just kidding, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Hey, listen, ain't nothing. They, oh, my goodness. That is, all these grandmamas want to come up and hug him. So let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Thank you. Father, we love you and thank you for your grace and mercy. Father, thank You for membership in the body. Father, thank You for the gifts we have. Thank You for us using those gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. Bless this couple uh, as they now have planted themselves in a new, new church family. We love You and thank You in Jesus' name. Amen.